My relationship with prayer comes with a lot of baggage. Uh, Beginning as a child, when I prayed for the first time, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Prayer was not a consistent habit for my family as I grew up. But for whatever reason, on Christmas Eve, we would always pray this somewhat traumatic prayer. And I was so fearful that I might in fact die before I had a chance to wake up and open all of my Christmas presents because right above me there was a crack in the ceiling. I continued to be challenged during the occasional mealtime prayer where my dad would begin by making the sign of the cross as he said, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Ghost? Why ghost? Why not Holy Spirit like my friends' families prayed? Why did my dad have to say something different and make me wonder if he even knew the prayer at all? We were surely heading straight to hell, thanks to my dad making up his own words. Who did that? Somewhere in my young adult life, I attempted to reclaim a prayer life and found myself kneeling with my face to the ground as part of a prayer circle, praying extemporaneously, listening to everyone praying the most beautiful prayers. Surely, this had to be the correct way to pray. Unfortunately, looking back on it now, all I seemed to be worried about was if my prayers sounded as eloquent as everyone else's, not really paying much attention to how they might have sounded to God. During those same years, I remember all the times that I chose not to pray, the second my feet hit the floor in the morning, and I had convinced myself that God would be so disappointed in me. I would find moments throughout the day to ask God to forgive me for being such a sinner and promising God that I would never again miss another early morning quiet time, no matter what. The guilt was real, and unfortunately, this was a never-ending cycle. When coming to the Episcopal Church, I felt refreshed to find the Book of Common Prayer, a book that shared with me the exact words that I could say to God, and even told me the times of the day that I should pray them. It quickly became obvious to me that if I felt guilty about missing my early morning prayer time, I would really, really feel guilty about missing morning, noon, and evening prayers. Maybe if I could just become a monk and leave everything else behind and just pray. Somehow this option didn't seem to be feasible. As I was reading a series of short stories on faith, I felt seen, maybe even validated. When I read the story of an encounter between a Jewish woman and a German university student, the German student shared how he envied the Jewish woman because he felt like it was easier for her to pray. He went on to share how young Germans carry the weight of what their parents and grandparents did or did not do during the war. It has been hard for them to talk to God because they feel a little embarrassed. That's it. It's the baggage we carry, whether ours or someone else's, that can shape our relationship with prayer into a positive or negative experience. 
It is no wonder that so many of us can have a problematic relationship with prayer. There are so many voices telling us how to feel, what we should or shouldn't say to God, and how often we should or shouldn't say it. Should I read my prayers from a treasured book, or should I pray what I feel is on my mind and in my heart? Will it be right? Will it be wrong? Will I hear an audible answer from God, or will I sense God's answer in another way? What if I pray and the outcome is not what I prayed for? Did God not hear me? Or did God just answer the way God wanted to anyway? So why even bother praying? Can my prayers change God's mind? For me, it can oftentimes seem easier to skip prayer altogether. That way, I can't mess it up. But I believe our readings this morning may point us in a different direction. If we are not careful, we could easily miss the first few words from our gospel reading this morning from John. After Jesus had spoken to his disciples, he looked up to heaven and said, Jesus stopped and talked to God about all that he had done and about all that he now needed from God. Jesus spoke authentically and truthfully, and his prayers and petitions were meant for not only his disciples, but arguably for us today. He knew the concerns that communities would face in remaining in this world after his departure, and we are now invited to overhear Jesus' intimate conversation with God. We overhear that when all is said and done, God just wants us to know God and to know Jesus. And that is the reason why Jesus came. So that everyone could know God because of the time they spent with Jesus. The only way to truly get to know anyone is simply by spending time with them. Why do we try and make things so much harder than they have to be? On this Ascension Sunday, our reading from Acts tells us that as the disciples were watching, Jesus was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Most likely a little surprising, I would imagine, and I am sure they wondered what was happening and had a lot of questions. But then we read that they left that place, went back to an upper room together, and devoted themselves to prayer. The verses don't share with us what they prayed or how they prayed, whether they were standing or kneeling or sitting, whether they prayed familiar prayers or spoke the concerns in their minds and their hearts. All it says is that they were united and constantly devoted to prayer. Constantly devoted to talking to God. Am I doing that? Are you doing that? How about all of us as a community? During this time of transition and need, 
are we united? Taking time together and talking to God about the things that surprise us or concern us or make us wonder? Waiting for what's next was hard for the disciples, and I believe that it might be even harder for us today. We now live in an age of instant everything, and waiting is hard. And in our times of deep doubts and worry and waiting, talking to God can give us a chance to return over and over again to something that can be familiar. We can go back to the one thing that is always there for us, our time spent with God. First Peter reminds us to humble ourselves, cast our anxiety on him, discipline ourselves, and stay alert. Is that even possible to do on our own? Or will we need help from the one who wants, to, wants us to know him more? Will we need to be united and devote ourselves to prayer? Will we try it? Will we be one with God like Jesus is one with God? Can we be one with one another? Will we just talk to God? Whatever that looks like or sounds like for you. Will we talk to God about anything and everything? Our church family, the family we live with, and our extended family. For the things that are going well and for the things that need some work. For all the things that make us happy and all the things that make us sad. Will we promise ourselves that nothing is off limits when we talk to God and that we will let go of everything we have ever been told to think and feel and do when we pray and simply talk. Devoting ourselves to making time for God, however that looks for you, reclaiming prayer for ourselves, however that feels for you or whatever that sounds like for you, Will you talk with God whenever and wherever about whatever, knowing that the God who loves you loves spending time with you? The God who loves you simply wants to be with you. I leave you this morning with a simple prayer that came to me as I was thinking about things that are going on in my life right now and in the lives of so many of us in this space and in the world today. I used our first Peter passage as a guide to humble ourselves, to cast our anxiety on him, to discipline ourselves, and to stay alert. Will you take a moment and pray with me? Hey God, we know that we are in control of none of this, and we know we can't fix it. You know all the things that make us nervous and cause us to worry. Remind us today and every day that you are always here for us, and all we have to do is talk to you with words or song or even in the quiet of your creation or the hectic pace of the freeway. 
Give us eyes to see and ears to hear the ways that we can love those you love and that we would all get to know you more. Amen.